Hey, I'm Rich Hunter-Rice and welcome to the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, Season 2. Hey, how are you? Great to be back in the UK. It's autumn and it feels like the week and a half we're away from our home, then suddenly autumn has hit and it's freezing. But that's enough about me. Can't complain too much. It's a real first world problem. Anyway, I hope you are good. Hope you're having a good week wherever you are. So this week's interview is a gentleman who needs very, very little introduction of his own. Meet Corey and I will catch you at the end. Good morning, Corey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Amazing to see you again. Do you want to just introduce yourself and tell me who you are? Well, I know who you are, but tell us who you are, what you do, and whereabouts you are in the world. Uh, good morning, or good evening, Rich, because I know we're, you're across the pond. My name is Corey Disson, a.k.a. the undisputed heavyweight champion of content, and I am a marketing and business coach, and I also uh, operate a, a web and design firm called the Disson Design Team. Cool. So whereabouts are you located? Whereabouts across the pond are you? I am in Mission Viejo, as I like to say, Mission Viejo, California. <laughs> cool. So how did this all start then? Take us all the way back to the beginning. How did you get started on this on this journey? Well, first the earth cooled, then the dinosaurs came. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, look, my background is in uh, broadcast advertising and uh, in the voiceover business, I spent nearly three decades running a, a national production company, creating commercials, radio, television commercials, also managed voiceover talent all over the world. And, you know, as my kids got older and preparing to be an empty nester, I knew that uh, as the vice president of that company that, you know, it's probably about as far as I could go. It was a great run, worked with great people, made a lot of money. Um, but it was time for me to do something that was a little more fulfilling and that didn't have to have me anchored to a zip code. So, uh, you know, around 2018, I said, what can I do to, uh, to take my motivational skills and pair them with my advertising and marketing skills? And, um, what was born from that was this whole marketing coach consultant thing and here we are in year five, and I, I couldn't be happier. Fantastic. That's an amazing journey as well. So what's your biggest motivation? I ask this. I'm, I'm quite hesitant. I'm like, no, no, go on. Just go for it. Tell me. What's your biggest motivation? Uh, my me. motivation is uh, is three letters. QTL. And that stands for quality time left. And that is the, the time that I get to spend with family and friends. Um, I've chased the money. I've had the big house and the cars and the toys. I did all that. And you know what? I got rid of all of it. I got rid of the big house, sold the luxury vehicles, sold my Harley Davidson. Uh, we live very modestly, but I get to spend every morning hanging out with my wife, having a coffee, or we go to the beach or we go to the pool. I get to exercise and, and devote time to, you know, putting myself first and taking care of myself. And I also get to, uh, see my kids, you know, and, 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 and 
you know, follow them on their journeys and be their biggest cheerleader. And to me, that is the biggest, best form of compensation there is. Uh, amazing answer. It's such an interesting way of looking at it, but such a bang on. You know, I completely agree with everything you've said so far. It's just amazing. QTL, I'm going to make a note of that. I love it. Amazing. So you've linked into this question quite nicely for me. So thank you for your support as always. What does your perfect day look like to you? The perfect day to me is a lot. I mean, I'm an early riser, number one. I like to get started early. I'm up usually 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning. And I get the bulk of my work done, my admin work, my promotional work, my uh, social media, posting, content, marketing, et cetera, done between like 5 and 7 a.m. Knock it all out. It's time in front of uh, the television, just catching up on you know the news or whatever with my wife and a coffee. Um, and then, you know, maybe take a couple of client appointments if I have them that day. Obviously, I'm handling inbound uh, requests from my clients if they have an issue or a problem throughout the day 24-7. And then, um, you know, if I can have an opportunity to, uh, to get a workout in, to take a walk, uh, to hang out with, uh, you know, my son, um, it's really, that's basically a typical day. Sounds amazing. Okay. So what's the single best bit of advice you've ever received? The single best bit of advice. I've received so much good advice from so many different people. I've been very lucky. I, I can think of, I can narrow it down to maybe two things. Okay. Um, the first is what I heard when I graduated college. And that was a long time ago. And if you ask me if I can remember what I learned in college, I probably can't tell you. That's <laughs> um, probably pretty hazy. Um, but on the day I graduated, the keynote speaker said something that just resonated with me. And, uh, he said, there are no C's in the real world. And it's just like, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, you can't just squeak in you can't just pass the class. You've got to get eight pluses if you want to make it in the real world. And I'm going to amend what I said, it's actually three things. That's the first one. The second one is I met a gentleman and I highly recommend you connect with him and see what he's about if you haven't already, a guy by the name of Steve Nudelberg, N-U-D-E-L, Berg, B-E-R-G. And he was someone that I stumbled upon right around that 2018 mark when I was trying to find my way on this online promotional journey. And I was watching what he was doing and I said, man, this guy's got a huge following on LinkedIn. He's motivating people. He, he's a straight talker. He's not real fancy. I can do that. I want to do that. And I sent him a message and he was kind enough to take a call with me. And, you know, I told him what my aspirations were. I said, you know, I want to be like you one day. I want to be able to do what you're doing. And here's what he said that falls into the greatest advice I've ever gotten. He said, you are what you say you are. He said, if you start acting like you are, uh, you know, at a certain threshold or a certain peak or a certain, you know, uh, level, you will get there. But if you're constantly saying, I'm aspiring to get there, I want to get there, I'm hoping to get there, you're forever riding that hamster wheel. So when he said, you are what you say you are, that kind of, I always learned that that was the as if mentality. You walk around as if you, how can I say this nicely, are very, very well endowed. Okay. Um, but he, he put it in a, in a way that I can understand and put it in the business context. And the last piece of very good advice that I'll pass along that I use every day 
is uh, by a man I used to work with named Dana Cavalia, which is I also recommend you should check him out. Um, he used to be the strength and conditioning coach for the New York Yankees for about uh, a decade or so. Uh, smart guy. I mean, just very successful, you know, has the entrepreneurial spirit. And he, I can quote him as saying, consistency over time yields results. And I take those three sayings, there's no C's in the real world. You are what you say you are. And consistency over time equals results. And not only do I preach that to the people that I work with, I live by that code as well. And that's what it's all about. Uh, amazing goals you've dropped there. But, you know, uh, a couple of things you've, you uh, to pick on what you've mentioned there. Mindset. Mindset is so important. There's no, you know, there's no second measures. Mindset is where it's at. But also being that person, living that that life is what it's all about. Uh, and setting the example for others as well. That's that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. I love the answer. So money you've had you've had money you've had great success in your life if you was to win so i'm going to give you 10 million dollars tomorrow what would you do how would it change your life well uh i will probably spend a majority of it on everybody else but myself let me just make that clear uh, i would pay off any debts to any of my family members so they would be debt free first off and hopefully there would be uh enough money left over that I could buy stock in a major league baseball team <laughs> or at least really good season tickets. My son is a professional athlete. So I'm, uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, have a vested interest in that. Absolutely. It's such a cool story there as well. I've saw, I've seen some of the, uh, the links that you share on Facebook and it's amazing. It's a very, very cool story. Very proud. Okay. Absolutely. So you should be. So what's the biggest area related to what you do that you're curious about right now? That I'm curious about? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to uncover the next big thing on, on LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn junkie. Um, okay. I definitely drink that Kool-Aid. I mean, I built my business on the back of that platform. And anytime there's something new that uh, can, A, give me an edge over someone that doesn't know that already and be something I could share with my clients. I always think that's pretty cool. Um, but you know, honestly, I mean, I don't say this, I'm not ashamed to say I'm, I'm semi-retired, Rich. Um, I, I'm not trying to, you know, hustle for that next big monetary goal. I already called Yahtzee, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's like, I just want to keep the fricking refrigerator running and gas in the vehicle and the rent paid that's it you know if i can do those things i'm a simple man like i said i don't i don't spend a lot of money on myself we have it but i spend it on my family or we on travel or you know local travel whatever we just you know we got to put it all in perspective I'd like to keep it simple uh, you have a great outlook on life that's why i always enjoy these connections you've got such a great outlook on life and i think uh, your energies that you give out are, are so um, inspiring. And that's what this is all about. So, you know, so far, amazing. Thank you so much. So how do you think the world's going to change in the next five years? What do you see as being major changes? I mean, I think the virtual workforce, even though COVID kind of escalated that whole thing, and now it's everybody's saying return to office, you know, RTO, all that stuff. I don't think the work from home model is going anywhere. I think it's just mm -hmm. going to gain more traction. Um, 
it's smart if you're an employer because I look, I was an employer. I had employees. I was running, you know, I had benefits. I had overhead. I knew how that worked. If I could run my business, which I do, I run a business with virtual, a virtual workforce now, and economically, it's just smart. Um, and and if you're an employee, oh my God, why would you want to bother burning time on a commute? and dealing with all that nonsense. All right, look, you could still report to an office on occasion for a meeting, um, you know, or a, a monthly meeting or a client conference or whatever, but it's just the, the work from home, the technology is too great and it's only improving. It's getting faster, more cost effective. You know, you and I are having this meeting thousands of miles apart from each other, you know, and it's like, if we can do that, you can you can totally create, grow, and thrive a business remotely. I just think that that's just going to keep you know it's going to be on steroids in five years. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think it's it's an interesting journey watching from afar what's happening in some of these big corporate, especially in the tech industry as well, who are trying to push people back into the office and the resistance they're finding. It's just it's yeah I, th I think it's really really strange trying to force people back into an office i get it to a degree for maybe one day a month or something but for the rest of the time the quality of life and as you say the commute you know i've spent years doing hours a day commuting and all that time i'm never going to get back and it's just wasted time it's just such a waste of your time this it's as you say the technology at the moment is amazing and it's only going to get better bigger and better over the years no doubt Cool. Love it. Okay. So um, I asked this question. So what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from the experience? Now, obviously failures, a lot of connotations around failure being a very negative term. And I get that. But the reason why, especially in the UK where I'm based, is failure is often seen as a very, as a very negative thing. And so many Brits still don't talk about failure or, and, and my view on that, they're embarrassed to talk about failure. And I think it's, they're either liars if you've never failed, you, you're either a liar or you've just never pushed yourself hard enough. So I like talking about it and getting people very comfortable talking about failure. Because in my view is, as long as you don't repeat the mistake too many times, you're learning from it, then it's a great learning curve as well. So what's been your biggest failure to date and what did you learn from the experience? Well, let me first say, it. you know, in regards to failure, I, I do have a sort of a, an idiom that I like to share um, with my clients and my network and it's pretty simple and it's uh impactful i'd like to think and that's punch failure in the face number one goes with goes with the brand have to have to have to squeeze that in there um but i've failed just as many times as i have succeeded you can nothing worth having or doing is achievable without struggle and sacrifice um i've had the entrepreneurial bug for a long time i tried uh, sort of a talent management business. I mean, good Lord, probably 25 years ago, and it was an utter, utter failure. Uh, maybe I made a few thousand dollars. It just was a complete waste. Um, I had a clothing line that I started um, probably around 2010 and didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, it was, it was like a, a brand geared towards mixed martial artists. And that was at the, at the time when brands like tap out were very popular. That was a big brand in the mixed martial arts world for a long time. And I said, well, I, maybe if I had something associated with me, I could, and I marketed it. I had some fighters that wore the clothes and stuff, but I made the mistake of buying all my inventory first instead of, uh, 
doing the inventory as you go because there wasn't a whole lot. I didn't know about print to order at that point. I was just dumb. And I wound up with boxes and boxes of shirts that I could never sell. And, uh, you know, I've since I have an apparel line on my site now for me. And now I do it the right way. When they order, it gets fulfilled. It's done. I don't have any inventory. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was a that was definitely a, a, a blow to my ego because the brand literally had my name on it. It was called Discipline, D-I-S-S, Discipline. And to see it fail like that was like, ah, oh, man, it was it, it hurt. But you know what? You, you come back and uh, now I use that discipline name on all sorts of other things with my brand. So in the end, it was a win. So those those are a couple of big uh, couple of big failures for me. Amazing. I love it. I love the way you flipped it as well to turn that failure into success and a learning for you, which is very much how I see it. That's perfect. Thank you for that. So. I'm interested to see how you answer this. Um, what does the term entrepreneurship mean to you? It's one of those terms that I see gets bounded around a heck of a lot and probably overused a lot, but everyone's got a very different and very personal definition of it. So what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Well, the first thing I'll say is, is you can be an entrepreneur without owning a business, number one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, being an entrepreneur is taking ownership in your activity it's taking ownership in the good or the service or the product in what you're connected with it's having pride in that it's putting forth the extra effort it's not punching a clock it's doing it's being tenacious and relentless in pursuit of whatever your touchdown is whatever your goal is it's that mindset it's that approach it's that show of confidence that, uh, you know, how you conduct yourself. There are a lot of people that work for other people that act like employees, but if they acted like owners, they would steadily see themselves being promoted and being treated more like an owner because that type of attitude, that type of approach is contagious. It oozes out of your pores. People can tell that guy or gal is in it to win it. He doesn't just come in and do the bare minimum and punch the clock nine to five. He's doing whatever it takes to, to help the team. And that that's acting like an entrepreneur. Uh, I agree. and I love it. A great answer. Thank you. Okay. So hindsight's an amazing thing and something we never have access to, unfortunately. But if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self a piece of advice, what would that advice be? My 18-year-old self, um, well, knowing that the journey that my son has been on and is enjoying now as a professional athlete, I had access to some of the same opportunities that he did uh, coming out of high school, and I chose to do, let's just say, more social activities than uh, athletic pursuits. And uh, had I had my head screwed on straight and, uh, you know, devoted more time uh, to those things. I, I may be in a different situation, but you know, like I said, that's where hindsight kind of sucks because if I say, if I would have done that, then this would have happened. Well, I think things turned out okay. You know, and I, and I, when I, you know, when I put my head down on the pillow at night, I don't have any regrets. I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I'm glad that, you know, I've had the experiences I've had that I can share all of the landmines that I've stepped on with my son to make sure he can avoid those. 
And uh, it's cool, man. It's cool. So my, my it probably would have been, hey, man, stop chasing the skirts and pay attention and, <laughs> you know, work a little harder in the gym or, uh, you know, practice a little more. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it's fine. It's fine. Absolutely. I, I think if you'd gone down a different route, we wouldn't be sat here chatting today and having such an interesting conversation. So I'm thankful no you've doubt. done what you've done and you've mm -hmm. done the route you have. So are you much of a reader? Do you read a lot? I go I go in phases. I'll go okay. six months where I'm reading a book every other week. And then I'll go six months where I just could care less. And I'm in that phase okay. right now. I'm like, but uh, okay. but I ha there are plenty of books I could recommend. Perfect. So... Again, you link me into the question beautifully. Thank you. Is there is there one particular book that's jumped that jumps out to you that you've read the most or has impacted you most in life? Uh, I'm going to give you three again because it's really tough to narrow cool. down to one. Uh, and I've mentioned a couple of these names before because uh, so Steve Nudelberg wrote a book called Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Very awesome book. Um, you know, very candid the way he speaks. It's very straightforward. Um, then there's also my friend Dana Cavalia. He wrote Habits of a Champion. You can imagine and read between the lines why I would like a book like that. And then uh, another longtime friend of mine and a big time influencer in the automotive marketing field, a gentleman by the name of Frank J. Lopes. He wrote a book called 7MS, The Seven Minute Setup. And that's basically a way to reverse engineer uh, achieving your goals. He has a he has a system for that, and he tells his story about uh, his humble beginnings and where he's at now. And I know the man personally, so it's extra special to me. But I recommend those three books to anyone that asks. Cool, I like it. And all three, what I like about that answer is I don't know these books as well, so I should be going to check these out as soon as we finish chatting today. That's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, what about podcasts? Are you into podcasts, or are you the, quite the similar with podcasts? Well, I mean, I, I was a, and I still am. I mean, I, I have my own podcast. You know, I've done hundreds of episodes of my own. Um, and I've been concentrating lately on doing more like being a good guest, try, at least trying to be a good guest for other folks. Doing a good job. Doing a good um, job. Sophie. So, I, you know, I, I don't listen to as many as probably I should. Um, okay. Because generally when, you, to me, if you're going to listen to it, most folks listen to a podcast while they're driving or while they're at the gym, or maybe while they're sitting uh, at the beach or the pool or quiet time. And when I turn the machines off, everything's off. So when I'm sitting still, I usually have nothing just to be comfortable in my own thoughts or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, no, great answer. I love that. That's perfect. Okay, well, as I knew you would be, you've been very insightful. You've dumped so much gold out there and intrigued my... Uh my curiosity to go and learn more about these books and about you yourself, and I'm sure we'll be having plenty of conversations in the future. So I really appreciate you coming on here today. Any of the listeners want to find out more about you and connect with you? What's the best way of getting in contact? Sure. The easiest way, CoreyDisson.com, C-O-R-E-Y-D-I-S-S-I-N.com. And I always like to say, if you Google Corey Disson and you can't find something on me, I haven't been doing a very good job of being a marketing guy. <laughs> So uh, very easy to find if you put those in, but you know, all of my social accounts, obviously, and all the different articles and videos and yada, 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 it's all up there on the hub at CoreyDisson.com. Amazing. And thank you very much for your time today. Enjoy your day. I know what you're off to do and get some vitamin D and all that good stuff. So go and enjoy. Rich, been an absolute pleasure, an honor and a privilege. I appreciate you allowing me to share the stream with you. Thank you very much, sir.
What an amazing guy. Such uh, an inspirational story out there and a message for us all. You know, I, I, I love Corey's outlook on life. You know, it's all about the quality of the time he's got left and maximising spending time with loved ones, family and whatever that may look like. Um, some of the fire that he dropped into the conversation, you know, mindset, you are what you say you are. Again, uh, at the time of recording this, it's uh, similar to so many conversations I've had myself this week with clients and potential clients as well. And then the other one, consistency over time equals results. I couldn't say that any better. So, Corey, thank you so much for your time. I am going to be nicking those two off you, but don't worry, I'll reference you as well. Um, the thing, I feel very privileged all the time to be sat in this in this plate, in this seat and to be interviewing all these amazing high performers all over the world. And it, what hits me each time I do it, it's funny how similar high performers are. You know, um, we, you all get to a point in life where, you know, first of all, you want money, then you want status. Then you get to a point that actually it's not what it's about. I want to spend time enjoying my life now. And it's not about how much money I've got in the bank or how many possessions I've got or the latest and greatest tech. And what it's actually about is better quality life, the experience and, you know, living that lifestyle. It just hits me. It's so many people I've interviewed for this podcast over the two seasons. That's been a very, very common denominator there. But, you know, Corey is a massively inspirational guy. And I'm sure we shall be talking more and more in the future. Um, I highly recommend you reach out, get connected with him and just, you know, follow his social media. He is a funny guy on social media. His marketing is amazing as you would expect it to be. So yeah, please go reach out, show him some love. And that's it. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me for this latest episode of the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. So if you've got any feedback, you hunt any further information, or you know some amazing people we need to be talking to, please get in contact. Simply drop us an email to info at minervagrowth.co.uk. Have an amazing day. Mm-hmm.